Welcome to our message for August the 21st, 2022. Our scripture text today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Let us pray. Almighty God, set us free and help us to be people who set others free. Lord Jesus, you loved people more than you loved the rules. Help us to love people more than we love our rules and our traditions and our customs, that all might experience your amazing grace. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm amazed that this woman was even there. There were just too many obstacles to keep her away. Too many things in the culture tried to keep this woman away from God. Well, first of all, she was a woman. She was a woman in a religion that treated women as property. The synagogue was even set up. It was designed to separate men and women. The, there was a larger meeting room in the middle where the men gathered, and then around the edges of that, there was a separate space, a gallery on three sides where the women could worship. The women were separated, literally not allowed in the room where worship happened. So just by being female, she was already at a disadvantage in their religion. Secondly, she was stigmatized. The culture of the day taught that any illness was a sign of God's displeasure. The common way of thinking was that this woman was bent over, that she was suffering, that she was crippled because for some reason God didn't like her. Maybe she had disobeyed God. Maybe this was punishment, but she deserved it according to their culture. Additionally, the community blamed her particular, her particular illness on demonic possession. They said the reason she was crippled is because she had an evil spirit, and it was the spirit that was doing this to her. Basically, the culture told her that she got what she deserved and wasn't worthy of any help. So this woman showed up to a place that really didn't want her and really didn't want to offer her any help. And as if being separated and stigmatized weren't enough, even the religious rules were working against her. If someone noticed her, and if they cared enough to help, the law still wouldn't allow it. It was the Sabbath. Helping her would violate religious rules. 
if someone did reach out to her, if someone were able to help her straighten up and praise God, it would violate religious rules. Now hear that, making it possible for her to stand and praise God would violate religious rules. We don't know for how many of those 18 years she kept showing up at the synagogue, but I'm amazed that she showed up at all. I wonder how many people like her are all around us, people looking for healing, looking to belong, but just can't quite get past the obstacles that sometimes religion puts up. I wonder how many people would love to experience the joy and the fellowship that we have, but, but the church has just erected things to keep them away. Some of those are actually in the pews of their local churches, maybe here. They want to be a part, but they fear that they don't belong because of church rules. Some of them living with secrets, secrets that they think keep them separate from God and definitely tend to separate them from the rest of the fellowship. A, a couple in another church recently told me about their gay grandchild. And then they told me that they can't tell their own pastor. This person in their life that they love and they celebrate and they support, they can't even mention that to their own pastor, but they were able to talk about it with me, and I was honored by that. But how is it that we've created a culture where people feel like they have to hide even their most important relationships? I can't imagine responding to anything with less than God's grace. If anyone were to tell me that they were afraid to tell me something about their lives because they were afraid of judgment, I would consider that the harshest criticism of who I am as a pastor. There is nothing, literally nothing, that separates us from the love of Christ. But sometimes church rules try. Some people, like the woman in our text, are still in our pews, but quite frankly, most have left. Over 30 million unchurched Americans have been here and left. Unchurched people in our culture have church history, and sometimes it's their church history that has made them unchurched. It's the reason that they have left. Many left over our rules, over rules that we came up with about piercing or about clothing or about divorce or about alcohol or about dating, or any number of other things, we have laid heavy burdens on people that want to know Christ, and our heavy burdens too often drive them away. Now, most of them are still attracted to Jesus, just not to the church that claims to worship him. They love Jesus, though. Let's see why. What about Jesus still invites people to draw close? Well, Jesus stepped into the synagogue that morning, and he saw the woman. He saw the one that the synagogue leaders were hiding in the gallery. He really saw her. Everything about the religious culture tried to keep her hidden as some embarrassment, I guess. But Jesus walked in, and he looked past the crowds, past all the men in the room where he was, looked into the gallery to this woman who was hunched over, and he actually saw her. Isn't it amazing to think that we can come into worship and Jesus sees us as we are. Jesus really sees us and he really loves us.
Secondly, he spoke to her. He didn't ask anything of her. He didn't even ask why she was there or what she wanted. He didn't ask if she wanted to be healed. He just spoke to her. And he offered her an unconditional gift. He didn't make her repent. He didn't make her uh, accept him or believe in him. He just offered an unconditional gift to be healed. And immediately she was straightened up. And he touched her. He touched this sick woman, a thing that a rabbi shouldn't have done. He touched this diseased woman, and he made her whole. And she stood up, and she praised God. She worshiped. The whole place, the whole synagogue should have erupted in joyful praise and celebration. But the religious leaders were indignant. The leader of the synagogue spoke up. Uh, there are seven days in the week. Let her come on one of those other six days to be healed. Well, I wonder how many times she had tried that. I wonder how many times she had shown up hoping for healing and, and nobody there was able to love her enough to liberate her. But then on this Sabbath, on this Sabbath, Jesus showed up with healing. And Jesus chose the person over the rule. Make no mistake about it today. We have come together in this place to worship a rule breaker. Jesus chose the person over the rule. He knowingly, willingly violated the law to do justice. Maybe he's given us an example. When the law gets in the way of justice, we have a choice to make. What will our choice be? Jesus' choice was justice. Jesus' choice was love. Jesus' choice was healing. Jesus chose the person. And the people loved it. The people were delighted. I think maybe one of the ways we judge our effectiveness as a church is how do those people to whom we're reaching out respond to us? The religious folks around us might be indignant, and there are some that are indignant at who we are, but that's okay. How do the people that we're loving respond? God is calling the church to be like Jesus. God is calling each of us to be like Jesus, to be consumed with sharing love, even when it's unpopular, even when it's illegal. When I was serving in Oxford, I had the opportunity to take a Mexican man for his doctor's appointments. His name was Jesus. Uh, I used to tell people, my, my colleagues, I told them that Jesus went to my church. And he did. Jesus was a part of my church. Uh, he had come over. He was working in a uh, in a in a shop, uh, an automotive shop. And uh, there, one day, while he was welding on a gas tank, the gas tank blew up and left horrible, horrific burns all over his body, crippling him for the rest of his life. Uh, he didn't speak any English, and his girlfriend didn't speak any English, so they asked me if I would help get them to doctors and if I would translate for them. And I said I'd be happy to do that. I didn't ask anything about their legality because they were human beings. They were human beings working in our economy, for that matter, and they deserved help and love, and so I decided to help. I provided the transportation. I drove them to doctor's appointments. I translated for them. It was around that time that the legal folks in Washington, D.C. decided that caring for Jesus was illegal because Jesus 
didn't have the proper papers. He didn't have the proper documentation, and somehow that made him less than in our government's eyes. And so they decided that caring for Jesus, who was working in our economy, was illegal. I had a choice to make. Do I honor the law of the land, or do I honor the person? I chose to be like Jesus. I kept driving Jesus anywhere he needed to go, and I translated for him, and I hope he still experienced the love of God through me. I hope this week that we will make it a point to meet somebody like the woman in our text. Someone looking for a little love. They're all around us. Someone looking for a little acceptance, a little healing. I hope we'll find that person. And when we do, I hope we have the courage to treat them like Jesus would, no matter what. Amen.